to deny that the glass is half empty right now <laughs> is, is to be in denial. You, you're going for half? <laughs> <laughs> this is like, this is... Uh, what have we got? How much have we got in the backwash. cup? This is backwash. The cup was drunk and we backwashed out a bit. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> if it's half, the cup is half backwash. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, the cup is, is overflowing than- with vomit, yeah. actually. <laughs> The bliss of the abyss. Once upon a time in a land far away, a poor farmer and his wife lived all alone. They were very lonely. With Robert Newmark Jones. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bliss of the abyss. I am your host, Rob Newmark Jones, Ruskin, Denmark. How are we doing this week? Here we go, eh? Final push before Christmas. And here we are, another episode just before you thought there weren't enough. I'm going to give you one more. And you know what? Maybe, maybe there'll be a little Christmas treat for you as well this year. Because you've been so good. And what better way to celebrate than with a little Christmas cracker? So, should have a really special treat coming up soon. Got a few really good guests lined up. Um, My guest today is a musician, technician, and all-round good egg, Arthur Carabut. Uh, coming live to you from L.A. He's an Englishman in L.A. Oh! Um, we talked about all kinds of things. I actually hadn't spoken to Arthur in quite a while, and he's a good friend of mine, so some of it might be a bit just like listening to two friends talk, and you don't know some of the people. But then again, you might know some of the people, and then again, it doesn't really matter because you've probably got friends that are a bit like some of those people, and you've got friends that have stories that are a bit like our story. So anyway... Something to do, isn't it? Something to listen to. Um, but before that, let me tell you about my crazy week from hell. Because I had food poisoning, as you know, as keen listeners to the show will know. I got food poisoning, sick as a dog. And then uh, I was out there doing my shopping in Asda. Oh, Asda. Ooh, picture the scene. 49p mushrooms, gluten-free pasta for 40 pence. A true paradise. So I'm packing my bag, I'm packing my bag, I'm packing, 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 packing my bag. And it's one of those where it's really stuffed. You know, I'm car- I've am i been carrying the basket around and I've been thinking, this is going to fit in the backpack. And it just about did. But it was a super tight fit. And... I had to rearrange a couple of things. And uh, while I was doing that, I was thought, oh, I was being really clever. So I was like, I feel a bit sick and I just really want to get home. But what I'll do is I'll multitask. So as I'm putting things in my bag, um, I've got my card resting against the reader. So it's beeping, paying for me, giving me the receipt as I pack things in my bag. Genius, right? 
So I take the card out, put it in my wallet, but then something slips out of the bag and I'm like, you know what, I haven't packed this properly. Let me just rearrange, unzip, rezip. So get the bag on, walk. One, two, three, four, five steps. Turn around. One, two, three, four, five. It's gone. I'm like, one, two, three, four, five. Oops, wallet. Silly me. One, two, three, four, five. It's gone. So just utter panic. You know, just like, where is it? 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 Where's the wallet? Where's the wallet? You know, and there's all these sort of like very earnest looking people standing around being like, I, I, I don't know. I, I haven't taken it. Uh, and it's funny because you can immediately tell, like, it's like, yeah, you haven't, yeah, you haven't taken my wallet. I can, you know, you haven't taken my wallet. Like I can see you're just trying to <laughs> do your shopping. You're actually trying to help me look. You haven't taken my wallet, but someone, it seems, has taken my wallet. So go to the security camera, go to the footage. And, uh, and there it is. Yep, there it is. We rewind through me looking incredibly flustered, rubbing my head in amazement, rubbing my eyes, looking around, scratching my head, sweating, unzipping, getting really hot, then suddenly really cold, zipping up. And then there's this perfect shot of the camera at the till. Has your face banged to rights as you come in. Put your stuff down. And there's also a shot from above so you can see on the till what people are putting there so by the way if you're trying to scam it they're on to you but there's just this moment this five second moment where the guy behind me he just checks me leaving checks the wallet slips it into his pocket and moves off like like that <sighs> and you know i thought i thought maybe because I, yeah, I didn't have much money in there, but you know, credit cards, driving license, and obviously mementos and stuff, and a few stamps. What a bandaid. Um, you know, and just some like personal things, like the 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 business card from the first run of One Jewish Boy. Uh, so really important thing to me, you know, show that really helped change my career. Um, and my lucky one dollar bill as well uh so i thought maybe chuck it on the ground somewhere outside but no because what happened is obviously i froze my card straight away and within 10 minutes got a text from my bank saying your card has been declined some he was trying to make some 10 pound purchase in some shop and uh you know i spoke to the police because i'm a grass you know thought but See with the footage is you can see him bang to rights, but he's he's got a big mask on his face, hasn't he? Everyone does. So how the hell are they meant to catch him? Everyone was just being nice, you know, just calling him a numpty. The amount of times I heard him referred to as a numpty. <laughs> um Yeah, so so that was um that was a that was a strong start to the week. Um and then that was followed up by uh me how do i put this fucking up my leg does that work i bashed it and it felt bad and this is a this is a knee that's been a little bit dodgy and then um get ready for me to sound ancient i stood up at dinner <laughs> and it buckled and it just completely went out from under me and this has happened before, and usually what I can do, medical professionals, put your hands to your ears, is I just pop, pop, 
pop it back into place. And sure, it's a bit sore, but you know, I can walk. It's fine. Um, but this time it would not pop into place. And it was late and I thought maybe if I sleep and relax, it will just kind of ease itself back in. And I woke up and it was locked even tighter. Uh, just at this, like, imagine your leg is just constantly bent 15 degrees at the knee and you can't go up or down because it's just agony. Um, so I had to go to the hospital, obviously, and spend just hours there, obviously, by myself, obviously, because COVID, obviously. And so I'm in the hospital for hours, having various scans done, various people look at me, send me to different departments, etc. Feeling rat rotten and my knee hurts like hell. And they eventually give me this immense thing that I've got now, this strap. Listen to this. Hey, bit of ASMR for you. Oh, that's a that's a Velcro strap and a half right there. Uh, strap me up. I came with my own crutches because I'm a resourceful man, and uh, and they sent me on my way to the pharmacy for some codeine. And just then, it kind of started to sleet a bit. Oh, and then there was a press announcement. So, you know, I get my phone out, put my ears in, and Boris Johnson's talking and, 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 and. For those of you uh, not in the UK who might not have seen, basically, we have had this tier three, tier one to three system, which is like more severity. The higher up you go, the lesser things you're allowed to do. And they basically said, we're introducing tier four for London and lots of the southeast. And that basically means you can't see your family for Christmas. Tier four, tier four. So, having just been incapacitated, and which I still am, I still have my leg at 15 degrees. It's now been at 15 degrees for the past four days. Um, just had an MRI today. But yeah. It's a bit less, you know. You know, I, uh, you know, I sometimes ask guests COVID highs, COVID lows. I would have to say that was a COVID low. That was, uh, that was, that was the abyss, ladies and gentlemen. That was the abyss. And I thought, you know what? Can't Bill Gates just come on and give me something to cling on to? Hey, send me to the moon, Billy. Microchip me and send me to the moon. I don't want to live in this world anymore. But I tell you one good thing. Uh, before, before Tier 4 was announced and before my wallet was stolen, before my leg was incapacitated, I did manage to see my mum, uh, which I won't be able to do, obviously, for Christmas, except for Zoom. Oh, on the first day of Christmas, I zoomed everybody. Um, yeah, and we had a, a fish called parrotfish, which I've never eaten before, and it was delicious. But in the uh, <laughs> in the fishmonger, um, it's a bit weird. That he's got all the fish you could ever imagine, but there's none of it's labelled. Um, so, uh, like you know, you can kind of just make out. Like I think that's salmon. Those look like shrimp. And fuck me if that isn't a crab. But other than that, you, you're really not entirely sure. Um, 
So we just said, you know, what what's this one? And he said, he went, parrotfish, parrotfish boss. Um, I won't do the accent, although I could excellently hire me. Um, and we said, parrotfish? Oh, okay. You never had parrotfish, mum? No, I've never had, no, neither have I. Oh, should we get parrotfish? Yeah, let's get some parrotfish. That'll be nice. Okay, three parrotfish, please. So, you know, he's descaling them, cleaning them, as they say in the, in the industry. Um, and, uh, and we said, you know, how do you, how do you like to eat them? And he said, parrotfish, what you do, uh, steam it, uh, okra, you know, pumpkin, maybe bit of rice, salad, yeah, pepper, yeah, delicious. We're like, oh, okay. Yeah, can you can you fry it? He's like, meh, fry. You know, it's not as good as if you steam it. You know, a bit of pumpkin, some okra, maybe some rice salad. And we went, oh, okay, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you? Have, is that how you've had it? He's like, no, I've never eaten this fish before. No, no. But my Jamaican customers, they come in and they say, you steam it with some pumpkin and some okra and maybe some rice and some that. We're like, okay, okay, okay. If I was a fishmonger, if I was a fishmonger, um, I'd mung all day. Uh, I'd definitely try all of the fish. Like he basically said, he's like, I, you know, I basically only eat the sea bass. He's literally got a cornucopia of fish. He's like, I don't know, never tried it. Well, what are you doing? Steam it with some okra, some pumpkin, maybe a bit of rice, the salad. That wasn't how he sounded at all, by the way. <laughs> that's how my that's how my voice sounds. Anyway, I have babbled long enough, so I'm going to bring you straight to today's show. It is the wonderful Arthur Carabot and me chatting away. And warning: there's a lot of name dropping this episode. I'm talking James Blake, Natalie Portman, Rashida Jones, Chris O'Dowd, Mark Maron, Billie Eilish, Kate Nass, Russell Brand, Noel Gallagher, to name but a few. So please get some bliss this abyss season with me and Arthur right now. Right now. I guess this is the point uh, in every podcast we hear. Are we have we started? <laughs> yeah, we, we started a while ago, and everything you're saying is going to be um, there for amusement. Yeah, we can we can start. I mean, it's recording, but that doesn't mean we've necessarily started. Uh, I'll I'll give you like an intro outside of the thing. But do you want to be like welcomed? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I am a man of zero international repute, so I think I deserve it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show a man of zero international repute, Arthur Carabin. <laughs> that was that. wild. That was great. There we go. Was... How you doing, mate? I'm good. Uh, I just got up like an hour ago in beautiful Los Angeles, California. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm doing okay. Good, yeah. So it's an eight-hour time difference, isn't it? It's five p.m. here, so that's what ten a.m. there. Nine a.m. Nine yeah. a.m. You see, that's quick maths. That's that's quick, quick maths. maths. For you. Very good. Or math. Quick maths. Quick maths. Uh, here's here's a funny thing. Uh, quick maths is well known a bunch amongst my colleagues. So obviously, the Big Shack song 
I guess, went super international. And so the bits of British culture that they're familiar with are like the wild thornberries and really? Big Shack. I don't think I even know what the wild thornberries are. Isn't it just a cartoon? I think it's, yeah, it's like a Nickelodeon cartoon, but it's all sort of like, oh, pip, pip, tally-ho, you know, uh, exploring the jungle. That that's quite popular over there, isn't it? That kind of... They're it's into a, it's that. an easy to digest form of Britishism. Yeah, they uh, like that and they like the crown. Yeah. And that sort of level of Britishism. And then you go, Idris Elba's British. Yeah. And they go, you what? <laughs> Mind blown. Uh, but there's also obviously some some appeal to the Michael Caine variety. Uh, but try, you know, try, try selling a Norfolk accent out there. You're fucked, aren't you? Well, I tell you what, actually, um, a bunch of friends have all watched Peaky Blinders. Mm. And... They love doing a little Peaky Blinders impression. The Bromoy accent, it's very, very appealing, isn't it? And they just go, by <laughs> order of the Peaky Blinders. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, very good. Thank you. Very good. Well done. Carry on. Um, how, how are you finding it uh, out there? So to maybe maybe also give uh, give the listeners some context. Yeah, on why I'm here or like our whole life. Well, yeah. <laughs> Because um, we've known each other a while now. We have, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Wh- wh- wherever it takes your fancy. We could we could start with the here and now and then expand. How that sounds that? good. Yeah. Um, so I moved to LA in October 2019 and moved from London. And it was to... I took a job here. I kind of came out here looking for a job and found one and moved and it's in the music technology space Mm -hmm. so i work at a company called output free plug uh who we make basically tools for musicians so like software instruments and effects and plugins and stuff vsts we make vsts actually we also make like desks and speakers and that kind of thing hardware as well okay cool bit of hardware um and yeah so i got like five months of normal la life yeah you were loving it It was the swinging 60s getting connected meeting meeting actresses going to parties doing cocaine i don't know if any of that's true but i assume (laughs) all of it is (laughs) none none of that i did meet i'm trying to think of i did i don't i didn't meet any no wait i did meet some celebrities i did i managed to get like a very small sliver of like second degree of connection celebrity action before the whole lockdown happened so Boom. at least i got a little bit of la before this all happened did you can you drop a name or are you gonna oh i'm i'm a king name dropper <laughs> it's all i do because i have no real connection to these people it so was why not? yeah i was in the green room of um uh after a james blake concert mm-hmm. because friends of mine are very good friends with him yeah he went and to our school didn't he well, he went to your school. I didn't go to your school, but uh, he went to your school, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm and anyway, it was in there, and um, yeah, it was just, a, it was a bit silly. It was one of those things. It was like Natalie Portman, Rashida Jones, her boyfriend or husband who's in Vampire Weekend, Chris O'Dowd, you know, and you're just kind of going, uh, oh, okay, yeah. and then there's me. I'm yeah. just going to go over and get some free water and some crisps now. <laughs> You're not surreptitiously filming them and posting it to TikTok. Then you're a, you're a man of uh, of good standing and character. Man of good standing, yeah. Uh, in that regard, yeah. So, 
obviously it must have been like quite a, a culture shock. I don't know. I don't know if shock's the right word, but obviously LA is very different to London in lots of different ways, right? Yeah. So did you say... feel like you were starting to like get your feet, uh, you know, get get going because it's a big shift, obviously, before you know, before Pandy and all of that. Yeah, I mean, I had a weird. I made some weird decisions in terms of moving to LA in that I didn't get a car. In fact, I only learned to drive in London the two months before I moved here. Mm. And so I was still a bit like nervous about the idea of driving in a new city on the wrong side of the road and all that kind of thing. So I moved to downtown LA, DTLA, (laughs) which is like mini Manhattan vibes. It's like blocks and towers and concrete jungle. And it meant that I took the subway to work, which genuinely i've met people who've been born and raised in la who've never taken the subway in their life i i've never even heard of the la subway i didn't realize there was one there is one it's it's actually all right it's reliable like the timings are good it's not very often so it's usually like every four to six minutes um shocking even during peak hours which when you're used to the central line it's kind of wild But um, yeah, no, it's actually okay. The worst thing about it is the coverage. It doesn't cover a lot of the city, but they're expanding it, yada, yada, yada. Right. Um, and yeah, I lived in a place where I could, I could. it was very walkable, as they would say. So you could walk to a grocery store, you could walk to a, a restaurant and get some food, and there were lots of bars and stuff around. And that was great before the pandemic. And then when the pandemic came, it's like, oh, there is zero green space for like a couple of miles. And yeah. I don't have a car. And so I eventually ended up buying a bike and that kind of opened things up. That's a but good choice, yeah. Right now, I'm now in my friend's house, my friend Emily, who will definitely not listen to this. But um, <laughs> I'm here in her house in Highland Park, which we can talk about a little bit. But um, because her cat is here, Momo, who is looking at me very grumpily. Um, because she, she has two kids and a husband and a big dog and being in LA was a bit much of them working full time. So they went to stay with her parents in Wisconsin. And, um, yeah, so I came here to look after the cat for a month and that was in July and I'm still here. (laughs) Are you hiding? Do they, do they know you're there when they come home? Do you go into the closet or is it all cushy? No, no, it's fine. Uh, they're going to come back in a couple of months and it's worked out really well because this place has like a front yard and mm. a cat. And so it's Highland Park, so much I as... think I know because I think Mark Maron's podcast is there. Or he he's based... used to live. Yeah, yeah, he used to live in Highland Park from what I understand. Yeah. And um, he's moved somewhere else. I don't know where. But yeah, they used to say like, Oh yeah, Mark Maron, we would see him making out with 20-something-year-olds in coffee shops. Great. <laughs> Was there. <laughs> that's, that's Mark Maron. I love Maron. how, how name-droppy this episode is already. This is great. You're, you're, you've turned really this LA, is, Arthur. I love this it. This is it's all, all I'm here for, Rob. <laughs> um, but the other stuff, so this is what I know about Highland Park. Like yeah. Now it's, um, I think it's, it's, it, it's an area of a bit of gentrification. It's, mm. a, it's a topic. It used to be kind of gangland. It used to be sort of, I think, eight years ago. It was like, you wouldn't live here. And I, I know some people that lived here for, I don't know, four or five years. And they're like, oh, yeah, I used to hear gunshots like at least once a month. Wow. That It doesn't seem to be like that now. But it's got a long musical history. Um, I think in the 2000s, Zach De La Rocha of Rage Against the Machine had a, like, I think it was kind of an art space cafe thing. Right. Um, 
So, you know, it had some, some yeah. cool cred. Um, and that's what happens. I believe the artists move in and then they make it a nicer place and then the people with money move in and they drive out the artists. Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's not, um, it's definitely not money LA and even in the kind of the hip. So it's on the east side of LA, which is the more like hipstery side than the west side, which is, I mean, it's a bit like London, right? East right. London versus West London um, mm. in terms of vibe. Um, but yeah, um, it's not full, like it hasn't gone full hackney yet, I think. Okay, right, okay. Um, but it, you think it's on a trajectory towards it? I don't know. To be honest, it's quite hard to Well, that's fair. I mean, you're not a real read. estate speculator after all. Um, although that is why I invited you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. But um, let's see, I could probably get a couple more name drops in if you want about Highland Park. I would Park. love that, Arthur. Feel I, free. As I understand it, yep. uh, Billie Eilish and her family are lifelong Highland Park residents. There we go. Um, and I've seen, I believe, although they were masked, um, one celebrity here who is Kate Nash, I believe, lives in Highland Park. Ah. Okay, yes. Um, Another English songstress. Yeah, and and actor. And actor, of course, yeah. She was in uh, Glow, Glow, actually. With Mark Maron, Mark look Maron. at that. And there we go. Completed Complete. the circle. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, that sounds like a good move, dude, because, yeah, downtown LA, concrete jungle, lockdown, those three things, that doesn't sound good. Um, right, I, w- I wanted to check how... What what it what what LA life is like when you were in the middle of it and lockdown happened? Are the rumors about the crazy restrictions true? Are the rumors about the overflowing homeless situation true? What was it like? Uh, yeah, lots. That <clears throat> where which one to start with? Mm. What it was like with the beginning of lockdown? Yeah. Um, yeah, it happened pretty quickly, I think, like with everyone. And it locked down earlier than most places. Yeah. And it was pretty successful in that. Uh, but it didn't last by the time we got to the summer. So there was this kind of funny um, correlation where London and LA, um, they were, uh, how to say this? Um, by the end of the summer, they both got back to where they were in April, right? Yeah. So like, it all went up until April and then London went down and everyone went on holiday and like had a nice time and was like, Oh, actually it's not so bad. And then it went back up to April yeah. LA instead just peaked massively. And it went up from like a thousand cases a day to 3000 over the summer. And it's kind of because people got the 4th of July um, happened. People got tired and they never went full, full, you know, iron fist that, hasn't happened at all and even now thanksgiving it went up to like ten thousand cases a day and now it's at twenty two thousand a day and even so it's like they've gone okay you you can no longer meet up with people from outside your household which we were only allowed to do in october but people were doing anyway yeah and now yes yeah, so you can't meet up with people from outside your household but gyms and malls can operate at 20 percent capacity Oh, wow. They've still got that going. It's all of that. It's this, it's, yeah, it's a bit bonkers. Um, it is a bit bonkers, but I was thinking about it um, from the other side. And th- this is obviously, I'm not in favor of this, but because people have been given so little support by the government, 
it it like for those people who aren't getting support from the government, they need to earn money somehow, right? Like I, I um I understand there's been two stimulus checks. One for the first one, one for twelve hundred. Oh, I thought there was a second one for six hundred. Is that not hasn't true? happened yet? <laughs> it, it, they're still working on it. I, so un, it's unbelievable. I mean the 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 level and the people who've lost their health insurance. I think is around the fourteen million mark as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, my thing of it being bonkers is in the context of that. What they should do is give people money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you're not going to let them work, you have to give them money. That seems pretty obvious, but the fact that people are against it is somewhat shocking to me. Considering we have a conservative government over here as well, they've handed out tons of money for people who've not been able to work. Like that's a measurable difference in the uh, in the approaches. But we don't need to get bogged down in politics. It's all a bit boring. Um, yeah. I mean, your other question was about uh, are the heavy restrictions true, and I would say no. Um, from everything I've gathered, it seems that LA is slightly looser than London in terms of the official rules. Yeah, we just um, got we never really... into a new tier. Over here. I don't know if you've seen the news. I have. Yeah. Christmas is cancelled. My mum and my canceled. sister in the WhatsApp group. It was, um, yeah. yeah, sorry, game over. Yeah, game over. It was grim. It, and I was, uh, it was, I was in the hospital as the news was being announced with my, oh my fucked God. up leg. Which is still fucked up, and it's locked. What happened to your leg? Um, it's like an aggravation of a long-standing injury. But uh, this is get ready for me to sound like an old-age pensioner. I uh-huh. stood up wrong, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it locked out of place. And it, I have not been able to straighten it since. It's still locked at this like fifteen-degree angle. Wow. So uh, yeah fun so i was in the hospital it was starting to snow rain sleet kind of thing and uh and he was announcing christmas was cancelled and i'm not ashamed to admit that i blubbed yeah yeah there have been a lot of blubs in the like in the 2020 it's been quite a blubby year hasn't it it's not been the best no (laughs) (laughs) i'm still looking looking for that one person out there who's been like you know what 2020 was great for me i'm you know here's the thing because I was thinking about that, is that people are really, I think like the number one human trait is post-rationalization and sort of, mm, I think it's sort of a coping mechanism. Mm. Um, and people will say, you know, um, I mean, yeah, people will be like, you know, it made me stronger or like it was this good thing happened and I wouldn't trade it for anything. And you're like, I mean, I guess that's a way of like getting past it, but mm. nah would fully trade this like <laughs> i remember at the beginning people saying things like you know i almost feel a bit privileged to be i mean it's it's horrendous but this is a historic moment and to be living through such a historic moment i was like nope take me back like i will let me just go just go get a taco and you know t- boring life please <laughs> take me back i know it's like we've all forced been forced to become retirees you know, it's like I'll just I'll just pop to the shops and uh, take my walk around the block, and that will probably be it for the day. That's all I need. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there have been some silver linings and some things that have ha- that like I've done that I wouldn't have done had this not happened. But still, mm. nah. Yeah, it's like nah. look, it, you know, there's never a situation where it is literally only bad news. But like to deny that the glass is half empty right now is <laughs> to be in denial. You're going for half? <laughs> <laughs> this is like 
this is uh what have we got how much have we got this in is the backwash cup? <laughs> <laughs> the cup was drunk and we backwashed out of it that's so funny <laughs> if it's half the cup is half backwash uh, yeah exactly yeah no the cup is, is overflowing than... with vomit actually <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah. Um, uh, oh yeah. My other question was about homelessness. That's very much in the well, in the in the gutter press over here. You, yeah, you, they 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 paste it with pictures of like shocking scenes, um, what Skid Row, uh, thousands of tents, etc. Is that all yeah. overblown, or is it true? Well, what I would say to that is, um, you should just look at pictures of what Skid Row was like before because it was pretty bad. It was like really bad um, and has been for a long, long time. Yeah. So, But yeah, when the pandemic hit, where I lived in downtown was I could kind of go two blocks in one direction and it was the financial district. And that meant that there was no one out for the first couple of months. You would see like two dog walkers and like one person running. Mm. And it was really just dead and crazy apocalyptic and then if you went in the other direction you got to kind of skid row and there were a lot of people out on the streets and Mm. it was yeah scary in the Mm. sense of like this is surely going to be really bad for the virus spread and for these people and yeah i mean so the i yeah i did go down there at one point because i had as it was all about to kick off and we were still at work and stuff, I ordered a bunch of masks from Amazon mm. with a couple of colleagues and got sort of 50 masks and was asked if anyone wanted to go in on them. And then I got a lot of backlash from a couple of people at work, who, one of whom was like, masks don't work. Oh. And like posted the Surgeon General's thing. And um, my a colleague from Hong Kong like was DMing me being like, they work <laughs> on the sneak tip. We know, anyone, we know masks are good. And then someone else is saying, you know, you shouldn't buy masks because they're needed for medical things. Then I felt really guilty. Mm-hmm. So eventually when they arrived, I then decided, I found there was a place um, in Skid Road that was, uh, you know, there are lots of places that were like, we need PPE. So I went mm. for a run down there to drop them off. And yeah, it was like, I need to run down the middle of the actual road because there are so many people just around on the pavement and it's yeah it's like heartbreaking it's horrendous wow. um I, here's the other thing to that people probably don't know about skid row is and the, so there's like downtown and then to the south and the east of that's like skid row and the arts district um you will that's where like the after parties happen so one of the last shows one of the last events that i went to before it was a secret fortet show in a warehouse and it's the kind of thing is you get into an uber you get it to wherever the location is you get out you see the burning car and (laughs) you you line up by a fence and then eventually a bouncer kind of opens thing goes here for the show you're like yeah and you'll go in and there's like a few hundred people there to see fortet and that's where it's this quasi legal thing where because LA has a curfew of I think it's like two AM, all the bars just shut. Right. Um, that's it. Everything's kind of game over. But all of these after parties happen and 
they will be advertised on like resident advisor you can buy tickets but they never have the address so you buy a ticket and then on the night of you'll get an email or a text saying this is where it is opens at this time and everyone goes there and you use like venmo um which mm. is like a, a cash app thing it's a bit like monzo payment. it's monzo isn't it you just send money to people with a code yeah. or, or whatever yeah and you use that to buy drinks and that kind of thing um which <laughs> reminds me of just going to side sidetrack yeah. slightly here but to uh our work christmas party last year where me being super naive to la um i was like basically dragged a bunch of colleagues i was like yeah come there's this there's this night there's this night um we'll go to this thing and oh yeah but you're trying to be cool the, you're new you're like i'm hey, trying I'm, to be cool I'm, yeah of course and and one of the people with i was with was from la and he's like dude this is like sketchy we shouldn't be walking <laughs> down this road i'm like it's fine it's fine yeah. all drunk um but took them to this warehouse um where there was a night playing uk garage and drum and bass mm. which was uh an interesting thing to bring a bunch of americans to right yeah this, it never um, quite it never made it big over there did it either of those styles really well drum and bass seemingly not big big but did in a kind of um a way I'd only describe as more clean or more American in the way that like, if you compare how um, dubstep kind of changed right. as it went from here to there yeah, or from yeah the UK to sort of America. like more compressed produced sound. Yeah. Right. More produced. I think more um, polish in yeah. a way and not saying that in like a necessarily a positive way right. or a negative way, but like, yeah, it's more of a, um, it's not jungle. They net like jungle is totally foreign, but like drum and bass, where it is, uh, it, it's a thing. I work with a guy who's basically only makes drum and bass. Okay, that's pretty cool. I mean, to be fair, jungle is a it's a pretty limited genre, isn't it? Because it's always kind of the same beat, and always someone going give me and there's there's only so many times you can hear that in a row at a night and still be excited. <laughs> But I've got to say, it it can be so exciting. So it can there be. was 2000, I think it was like 14 or something. Um, these two guys, Tim and Barry, who were like well known photographers and video makers of like the grime scene, a lot of um, electronic music and stuff. They did all of like Dizzy Rascals uh, artwork and they've made films about music scenes in Chicago and that kind of stuff. They did a night at the Barbican and. They had General Levy who uh, come out and he did that song, Jungle is Massive. Mm, amazing. And it was the most exciting thing ever hearing yeah. that live. It was just everyone in the Barbican lost their minds. Yeah. Well, like, what a setting for it as well. <laughs> um, but anyway, it is the I, traditional. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I interrupted that, your story. Sorry, you were walking down a sketchy street in LA. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, that, I mean, that, that was it. It took them to like oh, right, a right, sketchy right. warehouse to listen to English drum and bass. And <laughs> I, I kind of, yeah. It's, it's been, um, you know, a defining story that's, you know, I was like, yeah, you remember that time when we let the sketchy English guy take us down a sketchy warehouse <laughs> yeah, to listen to right. sketchy music? In the UK. You probably gained some cool points, but not quite the ones that you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. not the, the true LA ones. So that's good that it seems like you're working with people who you can also be friends with. Like that's kind of the key to enjoying any job, if you ask me. Um, 
But what's it? Did you know anyone in LA before you moved there, or was it just like here we go? And then how's it been trying to create a, a group over there, or, or you know, a, a network of people that you can, you know, hang out with and talk to, etc. Yeah. Um, so I would say that the people at work, people I work with, are great and formed a lot of my social life. We did a lot of stuff together. People were generally in you know sort of plus or minus 10 years so it was okay, right, yeah. so you um, could there's a lot of socializing we'd go for there was a brewery near the the office and we'd go have a drink and all that kind of stuff i God, did know I should a play of some people. sad music over this it all sounds so <laughs> impossible now doesn't it <laughs> um sorry carry on yeah um and that is obviously we still work together yeah. remotely um, but there's been nice things where one of the things that happened as a, a pandemic thing is we now, a group of us, have a week, a weekly gaming night, nice. which is something I haven't really done since I was a teen, probably since around we first met. But mm. um, yeah, play games online with voice chat and, you know, it's not really about the games. It's about the, <laughs> <games>. <laughs> it's about the, the homey time. Yeah. Um, but Definitely. yeah, I, and I knew a couple of people before I moved here. So two friends of mine from London that I went to sixth form with had actually moved out here the March or the February prior, like February 2019. Right. So that kind of gave me a bit of the impulse of like, okay, this is a this would be a good time to do it. Um, and then a few coincidences. Uh, a friend, Hannah, had um, we knew each other in London um because we both worked in sort of the music tech space world and then she in that in the interim time she had moved to new york and then we both ended up moving to la around the same time so mm. that was kind of like a fun good. coincidence uh, kismet. and uh what does kismet mean uh fate basically fate because there's a restaurant here there's a good restaurant here called kismet mm. i'm pretty sure that. it just means like fate or des- destiny i think it's originally a turkish word I mean, if it's called Destiny, that's also very LA. There's, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> right near where I live, and also there's a couple of them, I think. There's a place called the House of Intuition, and mm-hmm. it's the kind of place that is, um, it's not my vibe. They sell crystals. That's the, <laughs> that's the main thing that they sell, that kind of, you know, crystals and et cetera. Well, you don't but believe have... in science. <laughs> Didn't realize they have a science denier on the pod. <laughs> yeah, but they have what I think is a genius but infuriating piece of marketing, which is it's an all-black storefront, and it says "House of Intuition" in white text, and then it says "Your intuition led you here." And I think that that is genius, and also makes me so angry. Yeah, a little bit of vomit in the mouth, but it's going to yeah. work. It, yeah. Yeah. Have you met uh, any super fake LA people who you thought you were going to be friends with, but they were just full of bullshit? Um, I don't think so. So good. That's that's the thing is that I think we all you know grew up with the impression of like LA is fake bullshit world and mm. everyone's shallow and probably like San Francisco is cool, man. Right. And um. I first came to both those places in 2016. I I got I was in the middle of my masters and I got an internship in LA. Nice. It was my first time here and I was expecting that. I was expecting kind of not to like it and I did a trip up to San Francisco in the middle of it and I had found the total opposite was true. I really liked LA and San Francisco was um 
such a shock in many ways, particularly um, this is the experience that summed it up. I was walking down, I think it's called Market Street, which is like the big main road. Mm -hmm. And on the right, there was the Twitter headquarters. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, there are billionaires in there. And this is like three in the afternoon, mind Mm -hmm. you. And then I look to the left and there's like the entrance to a subway station. And there are 20 homeless people shooting up heroin and passed out and bleeding. And you're like, like just just that you can see this in one yeah view. the whole um, problem of the whole thing is right there. i i heard there's an app in san francisco that shows you where there's human shit because the problem is uh, that's not even a joke because the yeah, problem yeah. is so out of control I, I i visited san fran before the really big tech boom uh and i just it was a bit more of a normal place then um and obviously right. the houses are, are beautiful and the tram and the you know the bay yeah. and the bridge and yada 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 but that was from a very blinkered family holiday experience and also before you know all the tech explosion tech that has completely changed it yeah i mean i so i went to um when i went to san francisco in march um here's here's the real san francisco story i stayed mm. in the house of a guy that I stayed in the, the bedroom of a shared house of this guy who I only knew from Twitter. And he was like, I'm out of town, but sure, you can stay in my house. Um, wow. Yeah. And a shout out to John Gold. Very nice, generous guy. Yeah, it could um, have been a serial killer. So there we go. Could have been. And it was, he said, you can stay in my commune. And I was like, all right, let's see what this is like. And it wasn't, <laughs> I would say that, I mean, actually the other residents in the house were like, it's not a commune. It's just an 11 person house of... <laughs> Hmm. which I think there is some degree to which you can't avoid some yeah. of the stuff. Like they, the, I think the, the classic hallmark of communes is meetings about doing the dishes yeah. <laughs> more than anything else. <laughs> and they definitely had that. But um, when I knew that I was in like what summed up the whole kind of tech monoculture thing for me was I was in, I I'd kind of arrived, I sat in their living room, which was all like cushions on the floor, but, whiteboards on the wall uh-huh. and i was just kind of like sat down these two guys were drawing on the whiteboard and they're like oh hey how's it going oh yeah i'm staying in john's room blah, 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 blah. like it's like what are you up to like, oh we're just um we both work in the same space and we're just talking about maybe we can start a, a new business or a consultant thing together like our mission is like like we're both coaches that's the space that we work in and what we really want to do is empower people to live like their truest life oh, and to really find true myself. meaning <laughs> in what they do. Wait, 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 <laughs> it gets worse. Like to really like, because the thing is a lot of people, they don't have that, that mission, that drive, but we want to help companies to help their employees find the alignment between the company mission and the people mission. So we're just going to make people truly happier by getting them to basically to buy into the corporate mission more. And so even the whole thing about like, we just want to help people was within this framework of a tech yeah. bubble. Because they're like, yeah, because we're going to go sell this to YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Was the, <laughs> yeah. It, I was kind of thinking like, maybe you should be advising these people to like, I don't know, go work on a farm or something. Or like, but right. no, it was all still, it couldn't be outside of tech. Yeah, stuff, exactly. Stuff. It's all that self-actualization stuff. Yeah. But it's actually, but within this very narrow bandwidth. Yeah, and then just to really cap off the whole kind of techno hippie um, thing, the guy's like, oh, hold on. Um, I just need to go and moisturize my cambo scars because we did the frog poison last night. And I was like... (laughs) 
Wait, 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 wait. Am I correct in thinking this is the the toad that you lick and it gets you high? From what I understand, it's the the like it's the sweat from one of these frogs. Um, but I think that you just apply it to your skin. I don't think you lick it because it does scar you. Because he had these little red scars on his wrist. It's like I mean, it is like a poison, I guess. Okay, but, so um, yeah, I've 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 got the whole um, the cultural stereotype of it, but it's probably no, the same thing. I think thing. you've got what we all yeah yeah. I think it's you've got the thing that we all know. Probably if you did lick them, you would get fucked up as well. But, um, but you'd have a scar on your tongue, so don't you might do that. have a scar on your tongue. But yeah, and I, as it's I understand hilarious. it, because I do, I know someone that like ad, that runs administers it. That sounds very clinical, but like runs those does those ceremonies and stuff and like i think you vomit a lot and right yeah. like an ayahuasca type thing yeah ayahuasca which neil do you know neil brennan uh the comedian yeah the chapelle's comedian. partner Chappelle's yeah. show yeah hilarious um, i listen to his podcast quite a bit how neil feel I've, how neil feel i like it yeah i like it and they've just gone full ayahuasca that's all they talk about for like the last month. <laughs> he just, he did ayahuasca with Chris Rock and some other people. And now all he talks about is doing ayahuasca. Mm, and so I feel stuff. like it's, it's yeah. become a, yeah. Yeah, it's become a proselytizer. It's funny how that can happen. Like, because um, obviously it, he's only talking about it because he's, I know he's got clinical depression. He talks about that quite openly and a lot. And obviously it's like something that's yeah. really worked for him. So, you don't want to be like, all right, dude, enough with the ayahuasca. But at the same time, right. it is it is a show for entertainment. So there is an element of like, could you maybe mix it up a bit? Yeah. Like if you've ever... I mean, at least they're self-aware about it. Right. That they're kind of, they're like, yeah, we're talking about ayahuasca. Not to make this the ayahuasca part, but yeah. But then they just do go ahead and do it anyway. Um, like... Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you feel about Russell Brand, but I've always found him funny on the radio. He had a, he had one of my favorite shows ever, uh, his mm. podcast. As stand-up, I could take it or leave it, but his podcast was absolutely fantastic, off the cuff, hilarious. And um, and then now it's just, it's gone all the way. Like, it's a different show now, obviously, right? It's called Under the Skin. And it's gone so far all the way past funny to just like... I just have a, a shaman on, and I'm putting shaman in inverted commas. Not that I don't right. believe there are real shamans out there, but a hell of a lot of these shamans are just like positive thinking people, and right, it's just yeah. it's just that the whole time. And you're like, it just becomes exhausting. Um, I guess unless you're into that, in which case, you know, great, it's your jam, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, there's a lot of that out here. Yeah, um, it's a whole it's a whole thing. But um, yeah, no, I, I, Russell Brand, I never really got fully into, f and I think that's sort of for good and for bad in terms of, you know, some people say he's really funny and they, they love what he does or some of it, but then also people being like burnt by him in a way. Yeah. I'm feeling a bit like, oh no, I've kind of gone off this. So yeah, the level of detachment has kept me that. I, I wonder if you know that uh, a friend of ours, their mom is his or was his i don't know um uh acupuncturist no i didn't uh, know that yeah we can we can just we can name names later <laughs> uh no tell me now i'll beep it i'll beep it in the edit is it why didn't he tell me that you know i actually spoke to him on the phone today 
Really? Yeah. And uh, his, as a net result of that, he had one of his greatest moments of his life, which was being sat at a dinner with Noel Gallagher. And he hasn't told me this story either. Yeah, there you go. He, he's Because he's an actual D-Lo guy, whereas I am name-dropping as much as I can. <laughs> he would just be like, uh, yeah, had uh, dinner with uh, Noel Gallagher. It was, it was, it was probably the best moment of my life. But, yeah, it was cool. It was cool. He drank red wine, which was cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was great talking to him, actually. I haven't spoken to him in ages. Oh, he had a message for you, but can I remember what it was? I think he said, have you got laid? I think it was something (laughs) like that. You're under no obligation to answer. Text me, Alex. (laughs) Yeah, TB. Do you remember that? TB? Um, TB? TB, text back. That was in the old days of SMS. Uh, is is it even sms anymore i don't know um actually seeing as we're reminiscing uh, why don't we go back and talk about you know what you said at the beginning our whole how we know each other and and how we met and how we fell in love and broke up and the bitter divorce yeah all of that and um (laughs) yeah uh i mean it's always like there there are some people at your school that I don't know if people assumed I went, there, there were people yeah. that kind of thought maybe I went to Latimer or something like that. Or, and I, it's always a bit of a long, long thing to try and explain, but mm. it was basically the way it worked was I went to Stoke Newton school in my class was Rob Rowland, his older sister, Laura went to Latimer. And as a result, there was cross pollination between Stoke Newton and Latimer. And there were other connections as well. People like Tom Wooten and Rosa Slade and all of that. Um, but yeah, spent a lot of teen years hanging out with Latimer crew at house parties and that. Yeah, and I met you at one of them, didn't I? I was I have like a vague I'm not a good memory person, but I have I mean, a vague memory of that. You know, there was for even though we were about fifteen, there was a lot of alcohol involved. I I, I can't remember the first time that we met, but I I think maybe I can remember the first time I met Honor though. And okay. maybe that we could do it was some festival thing in Clissold Park and I feel like that was the first time I met on or maybe it was the second it's like oh yeah we've met before kind of thing um but it was yeah it was just like lots of things like that um and I remember I remember going you came to the house in Albra mm-hmm. yeah yeah there was that summer in yeah, Albra that summer there's some good stories um it was great. So I think it was George's family had a house out there. I think it was George's family and maybe Lottie's family rented a house right. or something or, like or that. Maybe Emma's was, or maybe all of them, something like that. And they, and yeah. there was a bunch they, of us, what, maybe 10, 15 who went out there. there I think there was a rotating cast because people kind yeah. of came and went as well. And yeah. then there were some lifers who just did the whole thing. <laughs> Didn't have anything else to do with their summer. I spent a fairly decent amount of time out there. Um, I feel like I was there for at least two weeks. Yeah, I think something like that. Uh, and I left in a cloud of shame and ignominy about accusations which were false. Really? I have no memory of this. So this is this is the story. This is what happened, right? Um, one day uh, I got up and... I'm a, I'm a late riser, so people were already up, and they were like, oh, here he is, here he is, here's Mr. 
Mr. Secret Wank. And <laughs> I'm like, what? What? And basically, Emma, uh, Emma Fansat, um, had told everybody that she'd caught me wanking in the middle of the night, right? And um, this was just completely untrue. There was just, it was just, I think she just did it for shits and giggles because I asked her years later and she was like, oh yeah, I just made it up. <laughs> but, I was going to say, like, was it Nick Ward? Because well, exactly. my memory of that holiday was the term Tommy Tank being used <laughs> all the time. And I associate it with Nick Ward being like, oh, he's just having a Tommy Tank. <laughs> like, no, um, I don't know why. I don't know why she decided to tar me with the brush. Maybe it was, maybe she fancied me and she was trying to neg me. Who knows? Um, Who knows? But, but I couldn't shake it. I didn't have the wherewithal or the uh, self-confidence either. And uh, I, I scuttled out of there a broken man. <laughs> Wow. Uh, but yeah, happy memories. The best fish and chips I've ever had uh, in Old Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, my my memory was of buying a, a super, like halfway through, buying a Super Nintendo from a, like a flea market and then Nick Ward making Gabba tunes on Mario Paint on it. <laughs> and surprisingly, the person who got annoyed at us for like staying indoors and playing on it was John Hackett. And it was, what? you know... The, the person you would have thought would be most behind kind of staying in well, and exactly. playing He's video games. Classic basement but, dweller. <laughs> yeah, but no, he was, um, he was, I think he was, from what I remember, he was a bit like, oh, you know, just staying indoors. What's the point of being here kind of thing. Um, but I, I I think I heard the news recently. Am I right in thinking? Uh, John and George are having a baby. Yep, I believe so. Yeah. That's correct. And I think uh, they're both the working nurses. Yeah. I believe uh, that I knew because my sister is good friends with George's younger sister Phoebe. Mm. So I get I get little bits of news that way. Yeah, no, quite a few people having babies. It's that time. Yeah, it's that time of year. I mean, um, you're a married man yourself, right? I am. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you very much, buddy boy. Um, yeah, it's been great until uh, it wasn't, and uh, now I'm divorced. No, no, I'm only joking. Um, <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, no. For a second there, I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Um, no, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. I'm enjoying it. Um, obviously, we, we haven't been able to have our honeymoon. Um, right. Yeah. Because of, you know, because of the thing. Um, yeah, thinking about the before times. It's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, like... I've always kind of enjoyed reminiscing. I know, like, people, uh, like, have sort of a thing about it. Like, um, the joke is like, oh, in my day, it was way better kind of thing. And right. like, oh, shut up, granddad, with your stories about. But I've always actually really enjoyed that. Um, and now it's like, it's it's been, like, amplified to a level of, like, it will it will start to choke me up. You know, I'll, I, right. what was I, I, I was a little bit tipsy and we were watching like some film who cares and you know there was just like a scene of them going to a concert and like they you know going for a meal beforehand having drinks in a packed bar going to concert dancing and i genuinely was getting choked up just at the idea that that was a thing that you could do mm. such a wild time we're living through um yeah i mean on the like the whole nostalgia thing yeah i I think it is, it's undeniably enjoyable, right? To have a little bit of, oh, you remember when? And mm. like, you know, talk about Uber and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I do, 
consciously try and harbor a kind of anti-nostalgic, um, I don't know, thread. Because mm. if there's something that is seemingly to be a, a truth, a universal truth, is that thing that you said, is people going, oh, back in my day, mm. it was much better when this thing. And and especially with things like music, you know, people are like, oh, this isn't, you know, I'm just going to listen to the music that I listened to when mm. I was 15 because I was obviously much smarter then. Mm. Um, but I think it's really, it's just that, you know, it's familiar and nice, but it's something to be wary of because otherwise you, like, clearly it's not true because everyone has thought that for every generation. Right. Right. So, <laughs> and yet measurably things definitely have been getting better pretty much across the board. Well, yeah, but even if you go with something like music, which I think you you couldn't say it's gotten better, it's just changed. Right. It's oh, like yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking it, about standards of living and stuff like that. But yeah, okay, no, no, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like even with so let's just take something which is more like taste, like just okay. Yeah, music. Yeah, music. If everyone thinks that music was better in their day, then everyone's wrong, right? <laughs> it's just that you know you had these stronger connections to it, and it probably you know it meant more to you when you yeah, were yeah. younger than it does when you're older. And so that makes me go, okay, that's something to be wary of. And I want to like, you know, still keep uh, some toe in the world of listening to new music, mm. like not trying to just listen, you know, get stuck in the past. And I think this spreads with things like ideas. There's a good quote and I can't remember. I think it's this guy, Alan Kay. And it's something like, everyone wants change except the change part, um, mm. which another way of putting it is like, everyone wants things to be better, but they don't want anything to change. Mm. And it's the same thing with, um, you know, like areas of, you know, you, you go back to the area that you grew up in, you're like, oh, this is all changed. There used to be one of these here and there used to be that and then it was mm. better this time. Like, But at the same time, you want things to improve and you can't have that without things changing. Mm. And it's why stuff is so slow to change, like the idea of, universal healthcare it's just it's just oh, no, don't 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 change anything it's scary yeah. if you change stuff yeah and it's also why every like movie that's ever been made is constantly remade every three years because it's just like this is safe this will work yeah you, you soothe and mollify and um, even with dumb stuff like when people go oh they've just upgraded my phone, like the new iOS and uh, they changed everything and it's awful. Now it's terrible. It's like in three weeks, you're not going to remember the difference. <laughs> That's the, th it's like, okay, there are some times when like, I don't know, things crash more, but really in three weeks, you're not going to remember the difference and you'll be used to it. It's just unfamiliar. It's not bad. Yeah. And that it's also, it, but that's also a tricky thing. It's like, is this unfamiliar or is it bad? Um, because some stuff is bad, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. What, what can we think? AIDS, uh, race. Uh, <laughs> those are bad. Those, those I, was, are all, I mean, I was it'd be hard to argue the benefit of any of those three, I think. <laughs> yeah. You do what I do, which is like come up with the most extreme examples to prove a point. And people, the, the net result of that always for me is people go, how dare you compare <laughs> X to Hitler? And I'm like, I'm just proving a point that there is some case where it wouldn't like that's you can't believe it i'm like i'm just proving the yeah i mean i could have come up with some worse examples to be fair add child to any of those <laughs> it's definitely much worse <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, there's a, there is a thing in philosophy, though, as well, that the Hitler thing, that you're not allowed to revert to that as any kind of comparison. Really? Uh, yeah. It's, it's, That's it's, like it's, a rule. It's, it's, it's cod philosophy, not like true philosophy, but it's like, yeah, that proves that it's kind of like if you do that, you lose your argument, even if you're correct, because you have to be more creative than that. I see. So just just put Stalin in there, maybe, you know? Right. Safer. He's Russian as well, or Georgian, but, you know. Look at you with the knowledge. Look at me, huh? I'm just reading off the internet. No, I'm joking. Um, (laughs) uh, Speaking of uh, dictators, um, (laughs) (laughs) what's the latest? uh, Do you see any Trumpers out there? I mean, LA's pretty liberal i guess but it is california there is this funny thing where california is called like the atm of the election because there are these pockets of i mean not even pockets like orange county is super republican they come and raise hundreds of millions of dollars and stuff here Mm. but um uh generally no like if like going around this neighborhood i wouldn't have seen any trump flags um i'm trying to think if i would have seen anything like that really mostly not i'm gonna say yeah um but uh you're aware of it from you know i mean yeah it's much more in your in your landscape isn't it so yeah it's all yeah yeah there's also the interesting thing of the difference between so here it's always you know conservative or liberal yeah um and that for me the idea of what is liberal here versus the UK and not in any big like political ideologies, but in the little things, things like, and this, this might be just sort of my, some of my bias, but like we don't know. I mean, we grew up in London, so most people didn't have cars. Right. Mm, Yeah. Um, And, but if a friend of yours owned like a big SUV or a truck, like a proper big pickup truck, big fuck off thing. To me, that feels not very like, you know, you're not going to be sticking a Jeremy Corbyn flag out of that. It doesn't feel very left wing, right? Yeah. No? No, I think I, I think I agree, but I don't know why. Yeah. So, I mean, because it's, you know, they're gas guzzling, not friendly to the environment, oh, yeah. that kind okay. of thing, there is right? That. Oh, and, and, and we're talking about friends, so it would be like an, un, an inaccurately sized vehicle for your needs type thing. Yeah, like right. if one of our friends were to roll up to your house in a giant truck, you'd be like, why have they got that? Have got but this? here, like I've got friends who are fully like liberal dudes. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I've got a big truck because, you know, I like to go camping or like i'm gonna you know you can put a back on it and you can sleep under the under the tent and it's just a you know having a big truck yeah big yeah. truck cool and all the way down to like here this might be a bit of a split one but um did you we, did you grow up in a house that used kitchen roll uh no but see me, me neither did, and now it's been incorporated into my house because she is a kitchen roll person so it's, she's a kitchen roll person yeah because I, I feel like I didn't, and most people I knew didn't. But here, stash, you know, like twenty-four rolls of kitchen roll in the in the cupboard, in case. And it's like, just use some kitchen roll, just wipe it up and throw it away. And yeah. you know, I, I came up, with, oh, you use a cloth and then you wash it. You and use like, a tea towel, darling. What are you yeah, thinking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're depriving the tea towel trade. Tea towel industry is suffering out here. 
uh, yeah. Like a big so toilet roll or kitchen towel. Sorry. Yeah, but just these these little thing these little things that feel to me like um, are very normal here and would be very acceptable within like yeah that doesn't affect whether you're like a liberal person at all but in the UK you would probably get a little bit of a frown. Yeah, um, I mean it's I I um I, I enjoy reading sort of uh, the quite extreme left and quite extreme right news sites from the US. Um, just so that you can be a centrist basically yeah and it's also kind of what you were saying about music it's kind of like keeping one toe in yeah. things because uh, it, it's remarkable like how different they are and how extreme they are uh, mm. it's all kind of like quite shocking but you know they will they will churn out article after article about you know china joe you know bringing socialism to the u.s and you're like your idea of what left and right are is very very different from from the the sort of british quite mild even our extremists aren't that extreme right <laughs> i don't yeah. know what i'm trying to say really no no yeah it's um it's milder but the 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 rhetoric is bigger it's like you know what do they call them like extreme left bernie sanders socialist you know cap uh, communist it's like not really. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that extreme. Like, I've been looking at the people Biden's been putting in his cabinet, and it's like, okay, these are all people who've done a lot of time in the Washington machine. They're all pretty center, center-right people. There's there's not really much, you know, they're all they're, they're on the Democrat side, but but that's never enough for people who it's just become they just they just shut off to the other thing. And the the weirdest thing. I, which I can't wrap my head around is that their their big banner is always like free speech, don't tread on me, freedom of expression, and they are also so into smash your enemy, stomp <laughs> on their head, fuck them, throw them away, in jail and throw away the key. And I can't square those two things up. No, you can't. You can't square it. And it's the same deal with like I have the right not to wear a mask because that impinges my freedom but then i the business doesn't have the right to not let me in right it's very just like individual centric um it doesn't add up at all and i think there's no point in trying to make it because <laughs> <laughs> it's like trying to square the circle it's not going to happen yeah yeah it's yeah. it's just a, a thing yeah i think you're right um do you want to know my weirdest discovery about moving to america arthur my darling it would do me no end of joy to hear it you know my wife is american i don't think you've met caitlin um no but she's a, she is american so i've uh ah, very where's she from uh she's from new york maybe wow proper yeah. new york um but yeah so here's here's my strangest thing so when i was kind of deciding where i wanted to move i had one of the things i'd ended up on i wanted to move somewhere warm generally and i wanted mm. to move um after having spent like six months living in india and six months living in tokyo um i realized that my level of being an outsider was fairly low i i was like you know what i'm not gonna i couldn't be one of those people that's just like yeah i'm just like you know 
one of the I, that very sort of expat feeling where I'm like I'm always going to feel like an outsider and I kind of like that because I'm like the thing I was like no I kind of need uh, a good degree of fitting in um, I'm totally with you dude when I when I t- just to pause you slightly when I went to yeah. Malaysia I stayed there for uh, like eight weeks working and um I was working quite quite a lot, so I didn't have that much time to socialise. But when I tried to, one of the things I tried out was like an expat evening. I was like, I wonder what these are like. Uh, it scarred me for life, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very, very strange way to live. And it's like when you hear about Brits who've moved to Spain and they only hang out with other Brits and they don't know any Spanish and they're perhaps a bit racist towards the Spaniards. Right, yeah. I, yeah, I'm like you. I want to. I want to be an insider. I want to be part of the... Community. Yeah, and so when I when I have been to places um, like India or Japan where it is a very different culture, I yeah I don't want to do the the sort of the expaty thing. It's like no, I want to get sort of like the sort of the quote real experience or just like I don't know see normal life, which is like why I kind of like going to places for longer rather than going on holiday so much, just to kind of go and try and live somewhere, but. I did learn that, yeah, I couldn't live being like, like when I was in Chennai in India, this is like 2009, 2010. Like I only saw a handful of, uh, of foreigners there. And it was, you know, I was the person that got, you know, just looked at on the street and mm. would have to haggle a lot for taxis. And like, that's fine. And it was yeah. a, a good experience to have. But what I learned was I didn't want that for my day to day rest of my life. Yeah. So Moving somewhere where I could already speak the language because I'm a lazy guy, like that kind of really fit. But here's the thing. There are some words that when I say them, Americans have no clue. Or I would say like 50% of the time, they're not going to understand what I've said. Are these words or phrases? Just words. Just words. Oh my God, can I guess a few? Go for it. Um... Oh dear, maybe I've set myself up and I can't. Can I have a clue? <laughs> um, you need this to live. <laughs> this this shows you how frequently I have to use these words. <laughs> uh, water? <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> it, water. 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 Yeah, you want the, some water. So the T's are always D's. Uh, yeah, okay. although I've learned there's a Midwestern thing where it's a little bit like Cockney where they just drop it. Um, I don't think they would do it with water, but um, like better, instead of being better, it can become like better. Better, a bit. So a it's bit, not a bit It's country. not better, yeah. but it's like better. better. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a, this other thing. Yeah. But, so water's my number two word for like people don't understand it and, and what do you what do you have to do do you do you like slightly I just have to put accent on, it yeah i have yeah. to say water yeah that makes sense that makes number sense. one i'm gonna get i think you can probably guess it um what is a word that i personally would have to use all the time music arthur <laughs> because when i say arthur they go author like you write book and i serious and like this is all the time they're like can, can we get a name for that order and i'll be like arthur and they just get confused look and 50 percent of the time they, no, maybe like 40 percent they'll go oh, oh, oh arthur 
the rest of the time they're like, oh, or, uh, and I have to go, Arthur. Arthur. So when I've been here with like friends from the oh, UK before, it's like, I've gone up to pick stuff up and I'm like, they go, yeah, can we get a name? And I just turn up to be like, don't laugh, Arthur. And then, <laughs> <laughs> Arthur. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I mean, I think it's, that's that's a natural thing. I, I I can understand how you might be sort of a bit uh, embarrassed or reluctant to sort of do that, but like I think that's just a a normal a normal part of of living in a new place. Um, to to give you an example, Caitlin's lived over here for about five years now, right? So her her accent has become a bit more anglicised, and she she will use certain words. Like I remember when she first came here, which I've, that was a long time ago, twenty eleven. Uh, like I would say, oh, I'm just I'm just going to go to the toilet, right? And yeah. she, she'd be embarrassed by it because you know it, they only the, say the like, bathroom, yeah, or you know restroom, restroom, or all of those kinds of things. Uh, you know, even and even for toilet paper, right? Is like toilet. I think they call it toilet tissue sometimes, but TP, yeah, TP, <laughs> TP. Um, but like those things over time have like stopped being a problem. Uh, but there is certain, it's so funny because when like her friends and family came over for our wedding, um, you know, obviously at first they'd be ribbing her about like, you know, oh, you sound so British and, uh, yeah. you know, all of that. But like after a few days hanging around with her parents, like her dad started developing like a bit of a British accent <laughs> and would be, you know, using phrases and he'd be like, yeah, that sounds jolly good. And he'd actually stop himself and be like, jolly good. Who, what am I, wh- what am I talking about here? I don't talk like that. But it's, it's like, there's something uh, like catchy about an accent, but there's also something about like, you know, it's like, like you were saying about being an expat. It's like, it, there's only so much enjoyment you can get from being an outsider before it becomes, you don't, you want oh for an easy life type thing yeah well okay here's the thing when you've how do you feel when you hear people not from the uk mm. or from london saying things like safe bruv you know you can hear they've like picked it up and they go like i'm gonna use this because this is what all my friends say but when they're like yeah safe bruv mm. um i'm not I'm not overly fond of it. <laughs> I tell you, a personal, a personal, real hatred of mine is posh people talking in street language right. for jokes. That is, that's awful. You know, when they're like, "Word up, my homie," it, and it's like, oh, in that kind of um, yeah. posh hop kind, uh, like chap hop kind of way. Like, yeah, I, I know, I know what you mean. On, it's just awful. But I do find that, like, people over here are very like some people are very like reluctant to any kind of americanization or influence they're like no no that's you're saying it wrong this is the way to say it the british blah, yeah. blah, 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 in the, like perhaps being slightly unaware that what they're being is a bit xenophobic really right um because i've always just embraced like that there's just different ways to say it. like I, like i remember having a, an argument with someone about the you know aluminium aluminum thing oh yeah yeah and then when you actually do research on it, it's like, no, no, there are actually genuinely two ways to spell it. Right. And therefore you would pronounce it differently as well. Yeah. I mean, I would say that like it is, it's a common, it's a bit like talking about the weather here is that like, if you just need a bit of conversation, mm-hmm. there, it's like an endless well of like, you know, 
aluminum, aluminum. Right. And like, you know, you would say this and it's one of those things where I find the enthusiasm for ebbs and flows. And mm -hmm. at the beginning, it's like, great. Like I'm a celebrity. Everyone just like wants yeah. to talk to me. Yeah. And then after a bit, like I was playing, we'd play ping pong at work and there were two people in particular. I'm going to call them out, Garrett and Rachel. Garrett and um, Rachel. <laughs> who would, um, they'd be like, all right, should we go play some ping pong? Uh, and I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and like, I would kind of play it up and like, yeah. you know, but um, after a while, I, I was just like, if I had a Chinese accent, would you be doing this? Right. And they both went like, <clears throat> now obviously, big disclaimer, it's like, the UK is the UK. <laughs> Big old like imperial history where like the you know you can yeah. you can dogpile on the UK and you can sure. you can say whatever you want about like people white men from the UK because you know we we're just gonna have to take it. Um, yeah. But it did shut them up for about three days. There we and go. Then, That's all you need. Just a bit <laughs> of reprieve. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's something that you kind of I don't know. It's I am. I will use that at times. The whole like comparing things, but I I am on the side of just embracing it. Like I can do Fahrenheit now. Yeah, we use those horrible spying Alexa devices in my house, right? Because it's cool. Yeah. You can you can talk to the air and it will play you music. I like right. it. Um, obviously, I know they're spying on me, but fucking hell, whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, one of them in the house is set to Fahrenheit, and one of them set to Celsius, and. <laughs> It's just like a just a trick way of basically me learning how that works. And it's the same with uh, like pounds and stone, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, well, I've I, never, I never in my life have I been okay with stone. <laughs> I've never understood stone. As, like, I maybe up until the age of like nine, I maybe knew that I weighed some stone, but f I've always been like, f I kilo boy. I've yeah, a kilogram well, kind of guy. That makes sense because, like, everyone should be. Like, it's demonstrably the metric system is the 100% best way to do things. There is no yeah. argument about it. But I, well, here's, I would take some argument with, like, I've seen a couple of funny tweets around Celsius and Fahrenheit. Like, here's the thing people say about Fahrenheit, which is maybe sort of true, is that it... Um, the ranges that you will like experience as a human and that you will have like opinions on, mm -hmm. you've got a bit more resolution because you're kind of going, oh yeah, it was 80 today or it was 89. And like that would translate to like 27 nice to 29 or something yeah. in Celsius. So you've kind of, you've got a bit more detail because you can be like, oh, it was 84, I was 82. Right. Um, but also the other one I saw was, was like, imagine being... Imagine sweating this much and trying to be mad at the number 40, right? <laughs> it's like, this is 100, right? When it's 100, you're like, damn, it's over 100, triple digits, like, fucking hell. But like trying to be like, I'm mad because it's 40? <laughs> oh. I, I agree with you. However, yeah. the freezing point being 32 degrees is a, yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. a bit annoying, to be no, honest. No, no, all of that stuff it makes sense. But the the, the from a, a sheer human experience point of view having a range of like so la it'll basically be between 50 and 100 oh, you're you know, so lucky. that's that's the range and um those do feel like a bit more of a, a human yeah. scale in a way 
I get that. I, mean, I get that. I was looking. I was reading about because um, you know in the I think it was the Carter administration passed a law saying that the US is going to use metric, and yeah. um, not only did they not do it, but it was also rolled back by the uh, next administration, who I believe were Republican, maybe Reagan. I might be wrong, but they were Republican. Um, there is like. There's just like this idea of like, no, we're just going to keep doing things. Like even uh, I was reading about paper the other day. like Paper sizes, yeah. Paper sizes. Yeah. Like the whole world uses A4, basically, or A, yeah. A5, that system, system at least. And there you've got like letter, which is like a little bit thinner and a little bit taller. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> this is what I mean is everyone wants things to be better, but no one wants anything to change. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, that's a really interesting point. Maybe... Maybe it's something like in my genes that I think like assimilation is good because I guess like my family would be dead. Like <laughs> at least my Jewish side of the family, like it's like it wouldn't have worked like throughout history, throughout thousands of years if we didn't assimilate. But I also yeah. think, I don't know, it's like, it's like, don't you want to be part of your society that you're in? Don't you want to, you know, right. be in the conversation instead of separate to it? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of these things. Here's, here's another little life theory of mine is that we're just generally, um, as a culture, I don't think innately, bad at things being like percentages or probabilities mm. instead of black and white. It's like integrate or don't integrate. It's like the reality is people want to like move to another country but still keep some of their own mm. culture. Yeah. Um, and it's like the big one that this happens with is like, oh, but he's 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 not a bad person, or like he's still mm. a good person. Just yeah. did that one like awful thing, or just mm. sometimes like this, or when they drink, it's like why not both? It's yeah, like, why not both? Um, That's really interesting. why not both? Uh, hey, on that on that subject, Arthur. Sorry, you've been generous with your time. We're we're at seventy five minutes, so uh, just let me know if you've, if you've got to go. I have I I have a I have until the at the next hour. Okay. I'm all yours. Great. That's very exciting. I'm not sure if I've got the stamina for that. But. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> just say that's my cutoff anytime up until then. You can end it right now if you want, but it'll okay, be a little bye. bit rude. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just wondering about uh, sort of, um, it's just like a two-pronged thing, kind of based on what we're talking about. It's like, what are the new things, be they food or experiences or bits of language or whatever that you've, encountered over there that you're like oh i want this now to be part of my life always and what are the things that you can't get over there from here that you miss if that makes right sense. yeah um the big trade-off so this is to answer two of your questions at once was right. i had to give up turkish food but i got mexican food right and i love turkish food like you know i grew yes, up in do. hackney and I went to school in Stoke Newington, and that's basically Kings and Road and Green Lanes, the oh, two greatest streets the in rap, the world for Turkish food. Just the wrap. Give the me rap. the wrap, please. You want the sauce? Rap. Of course I want sauce. But Lamb, not too much. Sheesh wrap. Oh, oh my like, God. I live for that. All the salad? Do you are you an all the salad guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full yeah. salad. Sometimes if I'm, you know, meeting up with people, there might be no onion. Right. But I, <laughs> You're a reasonable guy, that makes sense. Preferably onion. But I mean, I'm not joking. The last time I came back to the UK, last Christmas, um, on the way from the airport to my house, I picked up a lamb sheesh wrap. Oh, yeah. I just, I love it so much. I um, literally but, had one yesterday. 
Oh, sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> but it's going to be like another six months at least. Is there really no? I mean, there must be one Turkish restaurant at least in LA. No? I've Googled it and there was one. It shut down. There's sort of some, like, they'll call them Mediterranean. Mm. and But it tends to be they serve beef and chicken rather than lamb and chicken. And none of them are close to where I am. Right. So I've just, you know, again, on the embracing, you've got to let go. Yeah. Yeah. So you could make it yourself. Am I am I really going to travel for like an hour to go and get a a a, a wrap that is going to be a disappointment? That's a good point. That's a good point. Don't I'll, hold on to the 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 dream. When but the uh, the Mexican food in LA is legendary. It is good. It's a, so what I've learned is it's more of a taco town than a <laughs> burrito town, and. Um, but I shout out to Sonora Town, which does good burritos. But yeah, the the the, the tacos are good here. It took me a while to like figure out because there's definitely good and bad Mexican food here, mm. and you you got to kind of learn some of the spots and also just uh, gain your own taste for it and figure out what you like. There was a place that everyone said, "Oh, this one's great." It's this kind of like Tex-Mex thing, da da da, and I always just found it a bit bland. Mm. Um, and but then I found the there's a style which I'm not sure if the style is called guisados, but the, there's a sort of small chain called guisados, and mm. they're more saucy. Everything's kind of in a sauce, oh, and so it has a lot of flavor. Uh, and so I'm much I'm into that less so the kind of the breakfast burrito, breakfast taco stuff. Never like that. I'm not a big breakfast guy anyway, but I, I certainly don't want, it's like, it's like in India, I always struggled with breakfast. They were like, how oh, about really? a light curry? And I'd be like, ah, <laughs> no, not really uh, for, for me, I was, I, my favorite, one of my, again, all time favorite foods is um, parata. And it's the, like the Carolyn style, which is basically like a spiral of mm. fried chewy bread god i'm starving and you just dip that into like little little chutneys and it was the best and i had that for breakfast and it was wow that's an intense breakfast but yeah i mean paratha is like it's more uh buttery isn't it than naan yeah yeah um what about like supermarket stuff um yeah okay yeah because your question was what do i miss yeah so the thing and also new things that you love yeah i've picked up um a very la or very californian it's not even a phrase. It's just two words. Uh, is for sure, for sure, for sure, and it's used in lots of contexts. Like, um, it it could be like, "Are you going to go to the show tonight?" Oh, for sure. Uh, or like, "Thanks for the lift." For sure. Ah. You know, it's just it's you, and I can't give you all the different contexts because yeah. some of them just come up. But yeah, for sure is it's used like, "Oh, I love that place." Oh, for sure. You know, right, that, right, 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 great, right. Great burgers. Uh, so huh. that one definitely crept in the the quickest, I'd say. For sure. There you go. <laughs> um, in terms of supermarket stuff, shout out to my, especially my sister, my sister and my mom, who at my birthday and just recently at Christmas, at my request, sent a big old box of snacks and i was like i want pickled onion monster munch i knew you were gonna say pickled onion I monster munch four I varieties it. i got for salt and vinegar i got mccoy's oh. walkers squares uh maybe it was just three and then pick um prawn cocktail crisps they oh. sent a tin of quality street oh, some mate. 
Twinings, Twinnings, T. I never never Twinings. Yeah, I never knew that know. one either, yeah. Um, penguin Bars, Nando's Peri Peri Sauce. Oh, yes, please. Uh, Terry's Chocolate Orange, all of that kind of stuff. Jaffa Cakes. It's great. <laughs> all the stuff that's just terrible for you and tastes <laughs> <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah, those are the things. I learned my lesson because uh, the, the previous one, they sent things like Haribo. And when everyone's buying a gift, they never, they're not just going to buy one bag. It's always like, get a couple of, of yeah. each thing. And it was too much. It's just too much sugar. So this yeah. time it was more snack heavy. Here's the surprise one. Mm. I would say maybe my all-time favorite crisp outside of the salt and vinegar pickled onion category, which everyone knows is just like the best. The, the best. I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. Yeah. My other favorite crisp are Doritos Chili Heat Wave. Ah, the red ones. Yes, Caitlin. Like Caitlin says the ones in the UK suck, and the ones in America are like proper. Well, here's the thing: they're just different. They don't. Chili heatwave doesn't exist in America. They have, um, it's called like spice. It's it's something just spicy. It's just pure spice, and it's not the thing. It's not even like oh, they're slightly different. Like you know. Cadbury's is different in England and yeah. America. It's like, no, no, they're, they're just different flavors and they don't do them. And it was the biggest shock to me because I thought <laughs> if there was a, <laughs> like, I'm going to America, I'm going to be able to get all the Doritos. I'm going to be able to get secret Doritos, Willy Wonka, like flavors of Doritos that don't exist in the UK. Turns out Chili Heatwave doesn't exist here. I have- and I even, I Googled it and I found people on Reddit being like, yeah yo, you got to get your UK homies to hook you up because that's the shit. <laughs> I have never understood why there are these like subtle differences. Like like in America, it's TJ Maxx instead of TK Maxx. And you just know there's been like these, the board of execs who've decided it's like the American market will want TJ. That will really sink, you know? And I've, yeah. just, I've never understood it, but I've always been fascinated by it. Like I'll always... I don't really eat McDonald's, right? But I'll always look at a McDonald's wherever I've travelled. Right. Because yeah. I just, like, I remember in Greece they had, like, the, the McPitta wrap, which yeah. was like a like a lamb thing, you know, like you'd get in a... Yeah, I remember in India seeing them, uh, what was it called, like the Maharaja burger, which yeah. was like the, it was like a bean burger, Big Mac kind of thing. But I have to say, having done quite a lot of travelling, as indeed you have, the UK snacks market is top of the food chain. It's, Sorry. it's pretty good, but I would, yeah. But the thing that is lacking, maybe it's a little better now, but is being able to get a healthy snack. And by healthy, I don't necessarily mean, because the problem is as soon as you say that, it's like health bar, cliff bar, some kind of like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and usually it's actually not, you know, you don't really want to eat something flapjack or something like that. The country that I was most the best food country I've ever been to is Japan. And the thing is that like, it's not that you could get everything you'd ever want there. You know, it is massively predominantly Japanese food, Yeah. but there's just this respect level where I, I I was there for six months. I went for a couple of fancy meals, like sort of hundred quid a head sushi meal. And it was just like mind blowing. Um, but all the way down the other end of the spectrum where you go into 7-Eleven and you buy an onigiri, just a little rice ball with some tuna in the middle of it, and it costs like 60p. What could you get for 60p in England where you wouldn't feel guilty about it? Um, like 
it's fruit. a really good an apple <laughs> yeah exactly you can get fruit but again it's still not a savory thing no they have yeah no not really get some uh, crisps jerky some nuts jerky's probably not that bad for you but i don't think you can get it for 60p yeah so it was that kind of thing i was like yeah this is uh it's great yeah, the other surprise in japan was the dairy hmm. so good Really, the best, the best milk I've like ever had was just like the kind of the decent, the mid-range supermarket-level milk in Japan. Wow. So delicious! I would so not expect that because you know, like a lot of Asian people don't have the gene for processing dairy because it's like, yeah not been a part of that. But world. they love it. That's so um, interesting, and they're so good at beef as well. And it's only oh, been in yeah. the diet for like a hundred years. They have such, they, they, you know what they have? They have this like artistic and respectful approach to food, which like you see, uh, like, you know, like top level French and stuff and whatever, yeah. all around the world. But like, it seems like there it's like, it it's way, like, it's not just at the top level. It's like, it filters down to like, like you say, even a 7-Eleven will have like a, yeah. a delicious thing, not chuck full of preservatives and stuff. I mean, fresh. the Seven Eleven will also have like hot yeah. dogs being cooked under the light. Of course, of course, you've got a cater <laughs> so, for all tastes. After all, a funny thing I heard though as well was that um, a lot of apparently American Japanese, so like uh, Americans from Japanese families who you know born and raised in America, when they they would put on weight when they came back when they went to Japan because they were suddenly eating a lot more rice. Mm. And I would have thought it was like, yeah, move, you know, we go to Japan. That's the healthy diet, but mm, um, definitely, no, apparently not. I mean, I could definitely see it if you come from California and you're just eating like grain bowls, and then you go to Japan. And it's just like fucking amazing rice and sushi all the time, but oh, cheap. Dude. Yeah, did you have you seen Jiro Dreams of Sushi? I have. I saw that, and it did tempt me into trying to book the place. Yeah. But I spoke to a friend. Did you ever know Simon Fowler? Uh, rings a bell. He was like, he would have been your year, but at Stoke Newington, I'm not sure if you would have totally crossed paths. But anyway, he's a friend and he he's an amazing, amazing artist. But he also spent like, I think, two years in Japan training as a sushi chef. Wow. And I ended up meeting up with him out there. But I asked him, like, is it worth it? That thing. And he was just like, don't believe the hype. Not in terms of it's not good. But he's like, there are other places that are right. that are amazing that would be as good, but because they don't have the movie status, they don't have yeah. thing. It's not going to cost three hundred quid to go there. Right. So I don't know. It still would obviously be tempting because it's the like, it's the thing. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah. it's to say that you've been. It's like, have you been to it's Singapore? A bit of a, I haven't, no. Yeah. Well, there's there's a Singapore sling, right? Which is this famous cocktail. And there's raffles, which is where it was invented. And it's kind of like, it's the thing everyone does. And because right. you do it, it's like this this one cocktail costs like 30 quid. But, right. yeah. you know, like you say, it's because people want to say that they've been there and done it. Because if someone says, have you been to Singapore? They'll go, have you been to raffles? Did you try the Singapore sling? Yeah. I mean, I think I also like, I think the easy criticism of that is like, oh, you only want to do it because blah, blah, blah. Mm. The, the I think gram. it's also fair to, for the gram, but also it's sort of fair enough to say like, you can't judge something till you tried it. So like you sort of want to know, is it really that good? Mm. On the downside, I think there's then a big social pressure to be like, it was great. Like 
or you know, to then be like the contrarian of being like, you know what? Actually, it wasn't that good. Yeah, fuck, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's yeah. no winning. That's why, actually, you know what? That's kind of why I hate, I, I find I'm always like six months behind on or more on things that are cool or good. <laughs> I think it took me until I didn't even listen to Kendrick Lamar until To Pimp a Butterfly came out. And I remember saying to my friend, it's like, yo, this Kendrick Lamar guy, he's he's good. And Don't they were like, anyone be they, were like they were like, yeah, <laughs> we've been trying to tell you for like two years, like the last album, two albums. And I was like, no, no, no but he's like really good. They're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we know. And I'm like, no, 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 but he's <laughs> really good. And they're like, just fuck you. <laughs> so like, but yeah, they, I, I, I don't, one of the things, reasons I like going to the cinema on my own is that you don't have to have that conversation about what you thought about the film afterwards where yeah. it's like, uh, like, yeah, you can feel, I, I guess I don't like other people's opinions influencing my own opinion of things. That's an interesting point. I've always thought going to the cinema by, by oneself is like a joy and a treat um, and I, I, I think it was like stigmatized for a while, but I think that might be changing. Um, yeah. Although where the cinema still exists is is another thing. I think going to a restaurant by yourself maybe has is still a bit uh, of a still is still is. I'm a, you know, I'm a fan. I, I heard this really funny thing the other day of uh, a comedian in the UK. He apparently what he likes to do is go to michelin restaurants and have their tasting menu but by himself ed ed gamble yes this is the off pod yeah off menu this is I'm off a, menu yeah 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 you yeah. heard it as well yeah. i heard it yeah <laughs> you know what i i could fuck with that i'm i'm like <laughs> so i've not done I've, I've not done a michelin star but i i have done same level mangal two on a friday night on my own boom <laughs> which is like bottle of wine I think, four courses <laughs> here's what i would say to it um because i got into it when i did i was working um on a project back in 2012 where i was working basically nights so i'd finish at around 3 3 a.m and i would go to testy no not testy um uh shit which one was it maybe it was testy in um in dalston there was a one of them that was open until like four and so I would just go and have my dinner at that time and it would be great. And wow. that just kind of got my okayness up with eating in mm. a restaurant on my own. And so there'd be some times on like a Friday when I'd finish work or something and I'd just be going home and no one was doing anything. There's no social fun happening. And I was just like, you know what? I just really want, I, I really want some Turkish food and I don't really want to like put it in my bag and cycle it home and eat it <laughs> on the sofa. Like, and go into you know mangal or wherever and you say table for one there was this look across the guy's eyes and he just went yeah okay and then he like straight to a table service immediately like they look after you really well mm. that's what i found when people that's on nice. your own they're just like you know and you know give a good tip and like yeah i would say it's pro move pro move on your own. Pro the, the move. tasting menu who it's that is it's a lot you got to really That's like fun. your own company. <laughs> to, to his uh, credit, I think he said that he did it mostly when he was like on tour or something. Yeah, yeah. But nothing, still. Nothing middle of the day kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the fanciest meal I've ever had on my own. 
I don't know. I think it might have just been mango. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think I've ever had a re- like really fancy one by myself. I'm not. I'm not that luxuriant when I'm by myself. I'm more like I'll just uh, like I'd rather be on the sofa in my underwear eating doing right. that instead of you know being waited <laughs> upon. Uh, but yeah, I've probably had like an honest burger. Is that is that fancy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, um, all right. Uh, what time is it? Oh, yeah, Caitlin's making me food, so I got to go in a minute. Um, yeah. This has been really fun, man. It's been really nice talking to you. Uh, yeah, you too. Yeah, you, you said um, Kendrick Lamar. It reminded me of you know, with the Davies twins. We saw him in Cologne when Jamies was still living out there. Right, and it was just like, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was an amazing thing. Um, he's a, like a rock star, and his show was amazing, and the the songs were awesome. Have uh, had any of your um like friends or family visited you in LA before the the pandemic and all that stuff happened um or not yet because I know you hadn't been there long so yeah uh I had I have seen a couple of friends but it was things like a friend who lived in New York was coming to the west coast because she was gonna go to San Francisco and then like you know we hung out here right yeah yeah, um But friends from London, no, I had like, it was very sad. I got my place fully unfurnished, bought like, I bought a sofa bed so that I could put and like was buying spare sets of sheets so that friends from London could come stay. Mm -hmm. And like, multi, you know, six plates and a dining table and all that stuff. And no one came to stay because it got locked the fuck down. Oh, it's such a fucking shame. Tragic. But I tell you what, man, when it when it opens up again, I have never been to LA. I've always wanted to go to LA. So if I come out there You can stay with me. I can use some of your plates and I can sleep <laughs> on your sheets. We'll have you can a sleep blast. on my sheets. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah, you should definitely come out. It's uh it's La La Land, as they say. <laughs> Well, it's good to hear that you haven't changed. You're not Mr. Fake Hollywood. You're still the real deal. Hey, man. Hey, man. I dropped quite a few names for you. (laughs) You I'm not who I used to be. (laughs) (laughs) I'm who I'm I'm manifesting who I want to (laughs) be. I'm I'm just on that note, like the the level of um, second to third degree celebrity is kind of funny. Um, Yeah. Just gonna throw this is like again, like uh, name dropping, but it's funny because it's like second or third degree. It's like I'm sublet with a guy for a couple of weeks who kind of knew everyone's something, so he Mm. knew, um, Kevin Bacon's aunt. It it was that kind of vibe, yeah. Um, I went, he invited me to a gig and that he was DJing at, and I went along and I was, was. he introduced me to school. Oh, he, this is Joe. He's English as well. I was like, Oh, Joe, nice to meet. Had this whole conversation. He's about 10 years older than me. Mm. Um, and he's, but he'd just finished building his house in Malibu and he was a musician. I was like, Shit, is this guy like famous? I'm like, what's the deal? Like, mm. you know, should I know him? Should I right. be feeling bad? But it was nice. And we got on. And then afterwards, he was like, Oh, you have a good time talking to Joe. And I was like, Yeah, he's like, That's Sting's son. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> okay, now it all makes sense. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, why they keep calling Sting dad? It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly falls into place. But yeah, and like this guy, he knew 
I was trying to remember who else it would it be like you know I Sean Sean Lennon maybe even that mm. that maybe was too celebrity for it but there's a lot of that there's a lot of like so and so is something or other um, yeah so well that's how you make it mate you bet look this is this is what you need to do you need to shack up with Britney Spears's daughter if she has it I don't know um, uh, get in there get get don't sign the prenup uh, quickie in. Get the divorce, half the estate, boom. Sorry for life. What do you think? That's the dream. That's the dream. That is the dream. I did joke that I used to say that well, yeah, when I, I would uh, um, come out here, the, the goal was to be like the third husband of uh, a like a, a B-list celebrity. You know, they've they've been married to like the Hollywood star. Yep. Turns out it's all a nightmare yep. and they just want to marry someone who's boring and like they get referred to in like, it'll be like Vanity Fair, like party page. And it'll be like, this is, you know, so-and-so with friend. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, your Hollywood ambition is- I'm like, beauty. I want to be friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're my friend, Arthur. Yeah. Um, thank you and it's been robert it's been it's been such a joy mate it's been really really nice to talk to you you too um yeah would you come back on the show of course wicked i am i will enter the abyss <laughs> at any moment <laughs> cool well dude love you love you gotta leave you um hopefully this 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 recording works but i think you've been recording your end as well haven't you so yeah chuck that file to me whenever and um and I'll remember to bleep that person's name as well. Oh yeah, don't worry. Of course, I'll, I'll make sure. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm glad we did an impression of him though. Just so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, might be the clip I use at the beginning. Yeah, Noel Gallagher likes wine. Dude. <laughs> oh mate, uh, you're a treasure. You're a treasure. Stay well. Stay safe out there. All right, Thank brother. You. See you, Rob. Cool. See you later, mate. The Bliss of the Abyss. And there he is. That's Mr. Arthur Carabot. That was a fun time between friends. And we could all do with that. What with this Christmas being such a different Christmas this year. Uh, I hope you're well wherever you are. Thank you very much for continuing to listen to and support this show. Let's just get through this year, eh? And I'll see you soon. Love you. Bye! Thank you for listening to the show. This has been The Bliss of the Abyss with your host, me, Robin Emar Jones, Ruskin Denmark, whatever you want to call me. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider supporting it by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash the bliss of the abyss and give whatever you can. It really, really helps support the show and keeps it growing and becoming better and bigger and brighter. Follow us on all the social medias. Follow me on all the social medias and give us five stars. It helps grow the show. Keep coming back every week for more Bliss of the Abyss.